Last time on the Bestow Curse podcast, Vec escorted Molly out of town and made a startling reveal to Trinia about the nature of his curse. Diego witnessed a quarantine ship being sunk in Corvosa's harbor, and the party treated a sick child at Trail's End with the help of Abadarian cleric Ashani Daughtry. What awaits for them back at the Bank of Abadar and their upcoming meeting with Cressida? The Cursed Campaign continues now. guys back in fade to black hell yeah we are we did it <laughs> resolutions done we could take the rest of the year off i mean we still should play the show but like we could just put it on cruise control yeah i almost wanted to, call, wanted to call off this session because i noticed that i am developing a red rash or something and oh I, yeah i didn't want to bring it in but here we are did you get it from steve yeah maybe yeah after i paid someone to fade to black with me i got a rash and gave it to you we just shook hands man that's all we did <laughs> well, hey. hey where'd you put that hand <laughs> <laughs> i don't like it <laughs> go take a sick day <laughs> yeah oh man do you guys remember sick days like remember. not the not the not the kind not the work kind not the work kind because you're usually like actually sick when you take a work sick day unless you take a mental health day but like like the school kind the school kind mm. school kind back in the day when oh yeah yeah when you have like you a were, little bit of a headache when you wake up that's gone by like 10 a.m yeah you play a ps2 for uh conservatively eight hours Mm-hmm. Oh, those sound like good sick days. I had a a, a bad, <laughs> memorable sick day experience. Oh, yeah? where, what happened? Uh, God, I was I must have been in like second or third grade, but I I got walking pneumonia. Ooh, and uh, I had to like I was like in bed for a week, and the, the part I remember most about is we had this little white TV with an integrated like VCR player. So my mom would just put that. I was on bed like on my side with the TV right by the bed, and she would. I'd be, I watched a whole bunch of Disney movies around yeah. that time, like just on repeat, all the different, all the VCRs we had in the house. I must have watched them all. I don't think I had very many sick days like you just described, where like it's gone but halfway through the day. Like I have more of those now than I do. <laughs> and I did it going up. Going oh, that was up. a classic childhood sick day. It was yeah. like, the, you know, I feel a little off, probably could go. But I'm going to milk it so I get to stay home and watch movies all day. Absolutely. See, and I think because my mom allowed uh, mental health days as a child and called them that and like was clear like that was a thing that was okay. I didn't ever have the need to be like to milk up a sick. Uh, to, to you know uh, what I mean? Yeah. Uh, that, that was the childhood equivalent of a mental health day. Yeah. Yeah. Did any of you all now I didn't do this. I would just like milk the shit out of it until I could stay home if I wanted to. I mean, pretty rarely. My parents would call me on my bullshit a lot um, and then I would have to go to school. But did any of you folks have or and ever do the like hold the thermometer up to the lamp no. or something? Anything like that? No, no mm-hmm. but I could I could force a puke pretty mm. easy. So that's what that's what would get me off 100 percent of the time. Yep. Oh. oh, you earned your sick day. And yeah. So I'm yeah. not a puker like at all. Like it takes a lot for me to puke. So usually I know I'm quite ill. Yeah, I, I know people won't like the won't like the puke topic. So we'll move on from it. But that that was how I could I could always like if I needed a if I really needed a day off, mm. I could always kind of one and done that, and then 
you know, it, there was a certain age after which, like, because my, both my parents worked, so I didn't have, like, I didn't have a parent that was, like, rearing to go, like, stay home all day when I was six. So beyond, like, the age of 10, it was kind of like, all right, we're both going to work. Like, your dad works five hour, or five minutes away from home, so, like, call him if you're starting to feel really bad. Here's a bunch of, like, we just gave you a bunch of medicine. We'll be back every two hours to check on you. So it was very much like a, okay, I did my one puke in the morning. Now I'm playing Final Fantasy for eight hours. <laughs> <laughs> Emily, you haven't said much. Uh, well, I don't get sick all that often, thankfully. And whenever I was like home sick from school, I never really could enjoy it because I was like sick, sick. enough <laughs> that like, sure, I was watching TV, but like, it wasn't enjoyable because I was like exhausted and had a, like a headache or something. So I didn't really have any fun sick days off of school. Snow days, though. Yes. Yeah, oh, days. sure. Oh, yeah. You know what I you know what I don't understand? I don't understand the smug satisfaction those perfect attendance kids had. Oh, yeah. How's that an achievement? That means you're that means you're the, that means you're the biggest cog in the machine. Nice yes. one, nerd. Yeah. And thanks for getting everybody else sick <laughs> when you could have stayed home. You're proud of your conditioning to be a good labor asset yeah. <laughs> to the upper class. Everybody's gonna love you when you grow up. <laughs> you know what I find sad though? That the these poor Corvosan children, this is a pre- advent of the child labor laws, are never gonna experience yeah. those <laughs> well, sick days. Well, right, because uh Charlo and Rello were what like wheelmonger apprentices wheel right. Yeah, wheel right. Wheel right. Yeah. and they were like what like 10 and 14 or and Brand well, works as a maid. okay yeah Brand still, still like uh you know helps be a maid bye pop i have to go work at the triangle waistcoat factory well, now dad's dead in this case so bye ma yeah yeah I, I mean that that certainly contributes to it but you guys have seen that the whole campaign right i mean you saw it with with the old fishery that mm-hmm. was, uh, yep. Yep. that was Ralby Mercantile. Ralby Mercantile like, employs like, children. Well, no, no, but no. like, they have in the past. you know, kids being forced to go Oliver Twist themselves. <laughs> <laughs> yes. They were, Oliver, they were Oliver Twisted over backwards to, you know, bring some cash back for the. Please, sir. Far- Please, sir, might have some more right to work. <laughs> oh, my God. Jesus. <laughs> How far away is, uh, Trails End from North Point. It's not too far. Like Trails like an End, eight-year-old little girl walking from Trails End to North Point. That's what I was trying to. She probably gets accompanied. Okay. I, don't, I don't think she gets. Uh, yeah, I don't think she's on one of by when one of her brothers is on break. Yeah. Well, a work- yeah, one of the brothers <laughs> takes a smoke break. Walks in, you know. Yeah, when when Rello at ten years old needs a smoke. When Rello comes up out of the out of the mines. He uh, he takes her over to. Mm-hmm. There's likely a work cart that goes out to Trails End and picks up the children that are to take them to their jobs. Yeah, uh, there's a couple of those. I think it's more like she helps, like she helps, like taste do her job type thing. Oh, so, like, bring your kid along. That's that makes sense. Then I didn't yeah. know. Like the boys are the boys are employed there. as like apprentices. Yeah, for like a family friend that does wheel. And that's so also like, okay. that's fine. I thought I did. I didn't realize taste worked at the same place. Yeah, that makes a lot more sense. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm good with this now. Just think if those two <laughs> boys 
pull themselves up by their bootstraps, they can become level one characters and not have to work another day in their lives in a real job. I feel like if uh, Diego and Vec go out in the same episode, we're coming back as the boys. <laughs> the boys. And I call Rello. I call Charlo. Okay, that's okay, cool. Perfect. <laughs> it's His name's so is so close to Rolo, which we talked about off air, mm-hmm. that like I'm just gonna make him like a short little pudgy kid. And Augustus fingers, like gloop. sticky, yeah, an Augustus Gloop, fingers sticky with chocolate and stuff. F- fingers sticky with uh, sap that's used to put the wheels together. Oh, God, <laughs> he's been dipping into the wheel glue a little bit. Yeah, he's bet. You know, everyone steals some stuff from their place of work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> some just, some just have more glue entrance <laughs> than others. <laughs> As a kid, so, you know, you got to be told a couple times to stop eating glue. <laughs> it's one of their favorite meals. That's part of that's part of the children's work union is getting more glue. Yeah. Glue rations. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're bargaining for more glue. Well, uh, I think we get back into it. I, I'm giving out a hero point this time. I think you really needed that critical success. You just got a critical success on um, on healing Brienne of that disease, which actually made her move on the track. So uh, I'm giving this one to Mir. Thank Hell you. Yeah. And the hero point is sponsored by Lex, who says, well, uh, <laughs> who says that ritual's ending was brutal. The dice properly betrayed you. Uh, so just. Dragging up old wounds. Mm-hmm. I couldn't let another kid suffer. And if I were to have failed, you guys, I, I would have. Mira and Haley would both have been broken. <laughs> yeah. You're making up for the uh, the past. Yeah. I, again, like the Herald cards told us. <laughs> okay. Well, last time we left our heroes, they gathered together to go help Grau Soldado's family his niece and sister-in-law and two nephews live out in trails End, and Diego kind of knows this family, but Brienne, the youngest child is sick. And when they arrived there, they found an old acquaintance, Ashani Daughtry, cleric of Abadar, who was already there attempting to assist. Uh, he wasn't able to cast any spells on the child because spells are money to the church of Abadar. And so his patron would not allow him to cast spells for free. However, he was able to assist Mir as Mir kind of not only found out some information about this disease, maybe not what it's actually, you know, what it actually is, because it seems like something potentially brand new, but some traits around it and uh, some idea of how it progresses and that it's particularly virulent. She was able to, through bed rest and mud, aid Brienne in in saving against the disease, so she is um, she's better, but not fully healed. And you were able to convince Ashani that if you helped him out, he could loophole that into being payment for um, for the casting of a spell, uh, and hope that he doesn't have to spend an entire day praying to uh, to get the rest of his spells back. Uh, hopefully, Abadar will see that as commerce, and so that's where we find you. You were. Still at the uh, Soldado House, uh, the Soldado Ranch, but I think you were uh, you were about to take Ashani back to the Church of Abadar. All right, then then we could I guess pack up and and start heading. I, I mean, sure. As you as you pack up, I think Tace, as any concerned mother would ask, would would just kind of take 
um, take Mira aside as the one who helped the child and kind of ask if there's anything that she should be doing before you guys get back the next day with with other healing, um, maybe asking you to just like impart any of your medical wisdom on her. I'd say continue to keep her uh, hydrated as well as make sure that if she's able to eat, she eats because if she gets weak again, it might be uh, a while before she can have good sustenance and that's critical for your body to heal. When I get back tomorrow, I'm going to need another bucket of mud. So that's that's the best I can offer right now, but I'm sure you'll do fine. And I'm going to touch her shoulder and just also like pop a pop a guidance. Do y'all think that I should wear the same kind of gear I, that you've been yes. wearing? I, I've been trying to keep the boys away from her. Uh, and I assume that's the right course of action. I'd say any any amount of time you can avoid touching the open lesions and breathing in that same kind of coughing air, that's going to help. Well, I, I appreciate your help so much. Uh, and I, I want you to know when, you know, after, after you're dealing with all the things you're dealing with, either tonight or tomorrow, I'd love to, I'd love to cook the group of you just a, a, a nice meal uh, as thanks. Uh, I, I know Growl uh, doesn't express his appreciation as openly as I do, but I know he's he's quite thankful for your help as well. So we'd love to we love to at least give you some hospitality and and you know whatever we can scrounge together or whatever we can help you with if it's something that we can help you with at the ranch we'd be happy to. Again, I I just your generosity is it means the world to uh, a single mom like me. I just it's been difficult trying to it's it's just too much gold to 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 scrounge together to to get spells cast by the Church of Abadar, and I'd hate to have to take my daughter to the Church of Asmodeus. Well, we're happy to help in any way we can, and if if I have any way, any new way to help tomorrow, I'll, I'll try, or if I can find out any more information, we're here to help your uh, daughter. I appreciate that. Bless a lot of you. I look forward to seeing you tomorrow. I look forward to that meal. I don't get enough home-cooked meals these days. Had one recently that was quite good, so it'll be hard to top, but I'm ready. Diego, you've had her meals before. You think uh, it'll probably be quite good. I recommend. (laughs) Five stars. So you guys escort uh, Ashani to the Bank of Abadar in town, and you see towering over the surrounding buildings, the Grand Vault offers a radiant vision of divine luxuriance amid a sea of mortal troubles. As its gray-veined white marble reflects the evening sun, there's little question that this place is the house of a god. Yet, for a deity of law, the steep stairs and ramps leading up to the temple's great bronze doors offer a strangely discordant scene. Dozens of citizens, mostly of the working class, although... Uh, the silks of a few merchants show through the crowd, throng the entry, scarcely being held back by a group of gold-armored Abadaran clerics. All seem intent on gaining entry to the temple, but the clerics turn away nearly all comers. The clerics' reasoning becomes clear as one of the desperate believers is turned away, his pitted countenance mottled with violent red sores. So you see in front of you a mob of the sick. All right, masks up. 
They should not be gathering this close. Is there any way to try and avoid them? You don't think you're going to be able to get into the church without getting through these people. You do see, kind of as you assess the area, there are some Corvosan guards uh, that that are, are like eyeing the scene, but they're not doing anything to help disperse this mob. And it's really just these like, these Abadaran guards in their like gold armor that are like standing at the front, uh, denying people entry. Ashani turns to the group of you. It's gotten much worse than it was when I left here this morning. We've got to go to Cressida now. I, I need, I need to bring my notes to her. I need to get inside. I need to confer with the other clerics to see what has happened in my absence today. I think that information will be valuable to bring to Cressida. All right. Well, clearly people are getting turned away at the gates and there's a lot of sick folk between us and them. Do you know a back way or a different way into this building? The front entrance is the only entrance to the vault. Unfortunately, because of its security, we won't be able to get in any other way. I don't think we'll be turned away. Not with me being escorted by the rest of you. Uh, It's the sick that are being turned away because the church does not have resources to heal them at this point in the day. Well, it sounds like we're going to have to go into the crowd. And uh, Diego does pull out his last anti-plague and and drinks it to prepare for this. If you guys have any left, I think that probably would be a good call. Yeah, that's smart. Yeah, I've got two. I have used all of mine. Likewise, I'm out. I can certainly give one to one person. I think we have enough for everyone to have one, considering the amount of uh, herbs and stuff you saw Ashani dealing with to to treat Brienne. I, I think, you know, he, he would he would have some spare uh, anti-plague at this point. Awesome. I mean, he spent like hours crafting essentially. Um, so I think I think you're all good to take the anti-plague bonus here. Um, but you're gonna have to get through this crowd, and you're being watched by the guard at this point. Uh, you know, the guards watching for this to kind of tip over. Um, fortunately, aside from Ashani, none of you have very visible, you know holy symbols of deities that actually, you know, heal people. Got that Aridin holy symbol, but uh, I don't don't think uh, that's happening. His god's dead. He's not healing us. (laughs) Could Sylvie try to, using maybe like acrobatics, try to find like a way to kind of snake through the crowd without uh, coming in contact with as little people as possible if we have to go through them? You're definitely going to have to go through them, uh, but I don't know that you're going to be able to nimbly do so. I think this is going to be more a case of athletics. Um, you're going to have to pretty much shove your way through. This is like a um, this is like a concert standing room crowd, basically. I can uh, I can bullhorn cantrip and diplomacy or intimidate the crowd, but I have terrible athletics, so I'm not taking point on that. Mm-hmm. Let's bullhorn that Ashani is the most virulent case we've ever seen before and is extremely contagious and has to be escorted in. Let's make sure Ashani hides his holy symbols. Oh, yeah. We probably don't okay. want to draw, yeah, draw attention. Hides his holy you symbols. That. You've got your bullhorn. Worst case scenario, 
I could make the ground, like I could make a path with scatter scree. The ground would be difficult terrain, but it would it disrupt the earth enough that people would probably like stumble away from it. Yeah, you know that does like actual damage to anyone. Yeah, that's what I'm worried about it. Sounds like maybe Sylvie and Diego will be up shoving or like uh, clearing the path up front. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I have a plus eight athletics, so if I need to help, I can. Yeah, why don't you give me diplomacy first, Vec? I'm going to use that as an aid okay. for the for the athletics that's going to happen. Oh, yeah, baby. That is going to be a dirty 30. Dirty Ooh. 30 is a plus two to the aid. So you have a critical aid. Whoever's taking point can roll me some athletics. Can Figgy use his support benefit? It's the one where he, like, messes around with feet to... to it doesn't damage. Yeah, it makes difficult terrain in the square that something's in. Yeah. I don't know how valuable that's going to be in that's this okay. scenario. Just trying to do what I can to help. <laughs> right, Diego can roll in athletics. It's a 14 total. Mm-hmm. I mean, Sylvie could also roll, see if she can make way in the crowd. Sure. Was that a 14 with the plus two? From yes. The aid? Okay. <laughs> a 17 without any okay. aid. Without any aid, so that's a 19 total. Mm-hmm. Diego, you don't make any progress. You're you're trying to shove folks, and in fact, you lose Sylvie as she successfully shoves through to the front. Without you know, the, the crowd kind of closes behind her. You have to keep trying. Can I try to? Or yep, you can try. I do not make any progress with a natural one. Yeah, uh, what's happening here is you're you're kind of shoving people. You're getting some pretty wet coughs yep. like in your That's face. That's what I was worried about. I mean, you can tell everyone in this crowd is sick. They're like, you hear murmurings of like begging for healing and that kind of thing. Like these people are, as you look around and as you now are forced to make contact with them and, and aren't able to like push through the crowd, you just like, you you shudder back for a second as like your hand brushes up against like blisters and that kind of thing oh. on the mm. on the crowd That's in front why of you. Have like, the gloves. They're, they're all they're all clearly like covered in this red rash. Uh Shawnee is gonna try and shove through as well. Are we all just gonna have to keep trying to shove through? Yeah. Okay. So Shawnee makes it, but Shawnee kind of like slips in after Sylvie. I guess maybe you two are creating like a disturbance at the front, so he pushes that Pushes the dude that was already off balance from Sylvie pushing through and slides through to the front. And at the front, um, you two are up at the top of the stairs now, Sylvie, you with Ashani, and he kind of looks over the crowd and he looks at the guard. I came here with a a group. Uh, They're trying to get through. We'll need to go inside. It's not for the sickness. It's for my notes. And the guard kind of nods to him and... um, and the two of you wait for, for the rest of your friends to get Whoa, there. Why, why, if they're getting the notes and just coming on back out, why right. do we need to go into Avatar at all? I just don't want to be in the crowd anymore. Yeah, I'll walk out of the crowd, not towards the church, though. Oh, okay, so you're just going to... Yeah. So he, like, sees the three of you walk away, and I guess it's like, okay, well, at least we made it. Let's, let's go in. I'll fetch my notes, and I need to talk to some of the other clerics uh, to get their information from the day and then we can leave. I will continue uh, to accompany you. I will make sure we are safe. So he, he does so. He gathers his notes. You see him go off. He kind of leaves you in like a meeting room. Sylvie, you hear just throughout this 
massive hall just echoing like coughs and like hacking and phlegm and spitting and like it, it sounds like there's sickness within these walls as well. Oh, this is not good. Uh, after after about 20 minutes, Ashani comes back. Um, I've learned new information uh, that we're going to want to share with the entire group of your friends. Uh, this situation has gotten more dire than it was in the morning. If the crowd is any indication, this is not good. We must go find them at once so we can continue on. I can help us get through the crowd again. So I'm going to need athletics checks again. Can I bullhorn cantrip to, to aid from afar? Hey, let them through. They're, they're, they're not sick. They're just leaving. They're yeah, making you, room for others. Go ahead and make another diplomacy. Natural 20. Oh, nice. Going to um, be a 33. Ashani makes it. Uh, that's I don't know if... At 22? With yep, the eight. You, you also make it. Mm-hmm. Sweet. She also make it through the crowd. Uh, now I need everybody in the group to make a fortitude save. This is against the disease. Yup. So, plus two from the anti-plagues that we took? Mm-hmm. Cool. Mm. Okay. I'm at a 26. Okay. 20 here. Mm-hmm. 25. Mm-hmm. You have two hero points. Oh, that heard the noise. And yeah, it's an Emily save. So it, it is. So I would be at a twenty-one, and I rolled an eight. Um, I mean, wasn't a thirty? A, well, I'm gonna be a nice GM and say don't use a hero point. Yeah, because okay. I think a thirty was a crit, crit success. I'm getting right. twenty, so I should be number. fine then. Okay, you could, you could better give a little and know that Ooh. thirty was a crit success. So, uh, so you all feel certainly grossed out and like that feeling of like there was a dude hacking like in my face Dislike, yeah. um but none of you feel any ill effects for the time being um and as, as you're kind of walking to citadel volchnik um ashani would share some of his uh so, some of the new information he's gotten uh, i'm Concerned for the city, but also for my brethren here. Uh, the, uh, what I've been told is that uh, two days ago, three of my brothers awoke with similar symptoms to what Brienne is showing and what the people in the crowd are showing. Uh, but and, and they have been he- since healed at the church. Um, but I, I was able to speak to them while we were inside. They had... They had no contact with anyone that was ill. Uh, And several other priests, acolytes, guards, vault keepers, they all developed symptoms in the past two days as well. Uh, Many of them not having been healing people. Uh, That is a huge concern. Well, sickness comes from somewhere. If it didn't come from a sick person, it came from something. I would challenge them to recount as much as they can and maybe draw some parallels. Maybe they all went to the same establishment or met the same person who wasn't sick or I I don't know, just anything that they all share or at least are similar. That could help us actually figure out where this comes from. Or eat the same meal. Well, absolutely. what, um, What my brothers were able to tell me while I was there 
is that most of the patients that they have been treating today have come from North Point and Old Corvosa. The disease seems to spread fastest through the lower classes. And although, uh, you know, at the temple we can heal some of the ill, I'm worried that the transmission of the disease will soon outpace our resources if it hasn't already. The only way to stem the growing infection is to involve the entire city. We need to organize, we need to call upon the face of Serenray, Phrasma, and even Asmodeus uh, to, to face this. Uh, Archbanker Tuttle and several of his assistants are out uh, pursuing alliances with some of the other face, uh, but even that won't be enough. I think we need to involve the Corvosan Guard and the, even the Queen's new agents, the Grey Maidens. That's what I'm going to impress on Cressida when we go to meet with her. This seems to be a growing problem. And the fact that the Bank of Abadar seem to be one of the vectors is worrying as well. If the priest didn't get it from healing the sick, I agree with you. Vec, I think we need to figure out exactly what the common thread between all of them getting sick. Either we need to talk to them or somebody needs to talk to them to get their story straight. Is there anything that we can do to help make inroads with these other faiths or the crown or the god? I know we're going to Cressida now. That checks that off the list. Right. I think we talk with Cressida and see what help she can give and we'll go from there. She may have ideas that we haven't thought of, but at least from the Grand Bank's perspective, we're sending people to all of the other churches. They should at least try to broker some sort of tenuous alliance so that it doesn't have to fall to us, the largest faith, to to heal everyone when we don't have the resources to do so and when our God will not allow us to do it for free. Well, let's move quickly then. If what I've seen today is any indication, the kindling's piled up and this city is ready to explode. So you guys kind of, with a renewed, maybe rush, head to uh, Citadel Volchnik. The echoes of forcefully spoken but unintelligible words resound off the imposing granite and iron walls of Citadel Volchnik's outer curtain. Dozens of red and silver armored guards stand in assembly upon the pitted stone mustering ground, muttering in hushed, somber tones. Before them, atop a weathered wooden platform, paces Field Marshal Croft. Her eyebrows arch sternly as she momentarily tolerates the crowd's murmurs. Behind her, upon the scaffold, stand three grizzled veteran guards at attention, as well as an ominous-looking group. These newcomers wear cowled robes of oily-looking leather, supple gloves, and wide black hats. Some grip heavy canes, others dark satchels. Each of them, though, wears a dark, goggled mask tapering to a pointed beak. Among them stand two others. The first is a middle-aged gentleman in a simple black overcoat with streaks of white gracing the sides of his short, dark hair. He watches the gathered guard with a soft, concerned expression, but his hands tightly clasp a heavy-looking doctor's case. The second figure is an imposing one, one of the Queen's new Grey Maidens, 
clad in her resplendent plate armor and a crimson plume. The field marshal's fierce tone cuts through the rumble of whispers as she addresses her gathered guards. You will escort Dr. Davalus and his physicians in their royal duties wherever they might take them. Furthermore, you are to consider orders from any of the Queen's Grey Maidens to be as binding as those of any superior officer in the Corvosan Guard. You are the Corvosan Guard. You will not balk. These are dire times, and your city needs these healers. Your city needs you. Your patrol leaders have your assignments. Dismissed. Uh, you're kind of privy to this assembly as you arrive here, and so that's kind of the last bit you hear as... Uh, the guards gathered in the courtyard break up into groups and look like they're reporting for various duties. You see Cressida and these kind of beaked, almost look like plague doctors, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and this man with the salt and pepper temples uh, leave the upper promenade and begin walking down the hall uh, in the direction that you know is, is towards Cressida's office. And she notices you. She kind of cuts eyes at the group of you and wordlessly gestures for you to follow. That is a lot of equipment to just have on hand already for something surprising like this. Those plague doctors. Mm. Curious. Yeah, wouldn't it be nice if you lived in a country that was ready for something like that? (laughs) (laughs) Ouch. So I guess we follow then. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sure. You see in the office, she's kind of priming this man for your introduction, and they both look up and over at you, and uh, Cressida motions towards the man. This is the Queen's physician, Dr. Rainer Develis, and these are the Queen's appointed doctors. She she gestures towards the the people in um, kind of the plague doctor attire. I wasn't aware that the queen had a division like this. Well, the crown did. Are you all new? The salt and pepper man um, would speak up. He turns to the group of you. My yes, uh, we are just, um, well, the queen has asked for us specifically. I uh, I come from Igorian, serves the, uh, the queen... Well, the queen's former family, the Arvanis, uh, quite well. I'm a well-known healer, and so I uh, I came highly requested by Queen Iliosa and am now here to oversee uh, operations in how we can um, heal the sickness that is starting in this city. Uh, I don't know if the group of you have been privy to what has been happening, but uh, it seems those in Old Corvosa have been getting quite ill. So, Chelish, then. Welcome to Verisia. My name's Vec Relby. I'm here with my friends Diego, Mir, and Sylvie. Little one there is, of course, Figgy. Yeah, we're, uh... We're friends of Cressida. We go back a long ways. It seems that we don't need to bring anybody up to speed on what's happening here in the city. We, we've been treating some of the ill. A couple of us are from all Corvosa, so this does hit us quite hard. But we're here to help in any way that we can. And we bring with us a, a doctor, Mr. Ashani um, Dotri from the Bank of Abadar, I believe. Cressida and him are, are quite familiar. 
and he's yeah. got some notes that could help. He bows uh, and and reaches out a hand to shake uh, Doctor Davilus's. My yes, uh, I I was just uh, brought in here to discuss exactly how Miss um, Croft and her forces could uh, could assist us in in healing the the city and finding the roots of this disease. Um, it is good to see a, a man of the cloth. We will be needing quite a bit of help from the various uh, churches of Corvosa as well, uh, just to, um, just to, from a magical perspective, be able to uh, heal some of the people here. Although it is a shame that so many of the sick are from old Corvosa, it seems. Mr. Daughtry, were you not able to heal very many people because they could not afford it? He kind of says in like a slick, greasy, kind of like condescending tone. We, our church was able to heal as many as, as we had the resources to heal. People came in and they paid for our services and were healed. Uh, the church, the church of Abadar does not have any healing left for the day, for the day. So it matters not if people were able to pay or not. Uh, the healing that we could do was done. And he and Devilus kind of just like cuts eyes at him and, and smirks. Yes. Uh, that doesn't help the situation at all Corvosa much though, does it? Maybe some of the other churches, if we can get their cooperation, will be able to um, assist further in the areas that are of greatest need. Dr. Rana, if I may, um, sure, some of the magical healing was tapped out, but we did have an opportunity to get in early and observe one of the sick for quite some time. Of course, magical healing goes a very long way, but there are only so many clerics in this city, and of those clerics, there are only so many spells they can cast. Far more people in the city and even in Old Corvosa than them all combined. We believe that there are ways to treat this sickness without the use of magic. And my friend here, Ashanti Daughtry, has notes and findings on such. I think you'd be, I will not preach to you about your profession, clearly you're quite esteemed, but I think some cooperation here would go a very, very long way to getting this thing taken care of before it gets to be a bigger problem and really spill outside of old Corvosa. Oh yes, my good man, I do agree that um, we need cooperation from everyone who has had experience with the sick. That is why I am here. The queen has brought me in post haste. I've only arrived here this morning by magical means, no less, because of the dire situation. I I do think that anyone that has um, extensive notes on the the sick, you know, presenting those notes and comparing them will be important. We will be treating uh, the sick as well uh, on the queen's behest, and we will obviously be running. Um, experiments as to uh, how we can best heal them without having to uh, rely on the means of cure disease and that kind of thing because as you said uh, that is in mm, short supply for especially for the um, the lesser privileged in in the city you basically have to write off the entire bank of Abadar if you think of 
uh, who will be able to heal them. And then, you know, many of these people don't want to turn to the Church of Esmodeus, even though we may need them during this time. But many, many of the gods-fearing good people of the city don't want to uh, associate themselves with devils. And, you know, the Church of Shailen is small. The Church of Phrasma is already dealing with uh, problems that have cropped up because of this plague. Well, then you came at the right time. And I know I can't speak for the entirety of the city when I say we appreciate your assistance and any help you can provide. It was... um, Great meeting you. I I hope we will run into one another once again as as we kind of get through the progression of this disease and figure out exactly how how the city will be able to manage it. Mr. Daughtry, if you would like to join us, Cresta and I are going to have a um, a meeting with some other members of the face. If if you are willing to be uh, one of the advocates from the Church of Abadar in this meeting of the minds, and you can share your notes there with the other other members of other clergies as well as our scientists. It would be much appreciated to have your attendance. But for now, the Queen's doctors and I need to start prepping hospital beds and that kind of thing. I, I fear that something of the scales that we're start, starting to see uh, is somewhat unprecedented for this city. And so... Um, any of the non-magical means that we have to heal people, we're going to need supplies and that kind of thing. So if, if you will all excuse me. I, I'd i like to hear the notes, though, on this disease. How else am I supposed to help? The notes that Ashani has? I mean, just they're about to go convene with uh, a bunch of people that aren't us about the disease. I feel like if we were trying to help, would it not make sense that we were there? You, or am I misunderstanding? You maybe could be there. You're not exactly important enough to be there. That's what I feel like he was like, you guys are cool. Thanks for showing up. Thanks for showing up and bringing a guy with notes. Uh-huh. Maybe, right. Maybe Mr. Daltrey, um, I know you and Mo- Mia worked really closely together to um, help our friend Brienne. Were you able to capture everything that you observed? Would it make sense to have Mia join you in that meeting? Or do you think you have a good handle on it? Be able to confer what you've learned? I I have all of the notes of what happened with Brienne as well as what happened with people at the church for the past two days. I also have contact tracing, at least as far as it goes back to uh, the first cases, which were several of the members of the Church of Abadar, as well as as far back as to the areas of the city that, um, that we started to see the infection grow. But I, I don't have what I think is going to be the most important thing and the piece that we're missing is how how and where did this start? We can trace back people, infecting people but what is the prime cause of this disease? Where where did it come from? It's something, and he would kind of like turn to dev- devilish, it's something I have never experienced. I don't know if you have seen the disease before and he would shake his head in, in kind of like agreement, like this is an unprecedented disease. So while you may join us in in the meeting of the minds, it may be prudent if you want to help to be researching where this all started. Perhaps somewhere in either North Point or Old Corvosa would be good if that's where most of the people are getting sick. Aye, that makes sense. I guess I'll skip the meeting if you feel like we've got the notes handled. Uh, before you leave, uh, as they as they kind of like head to a larger meeting room, Cressida would pull the group of you aside. Speaking of 
potential sources of disease. Uh, it wasn't under my guard's orders, but the Queen's Guard sunk a plague ship in the Jagare River. I'm worried that wasn't the only one. If you could find and investigate the wreckage, that might give us some information on the origins of this disease. Had it been up to me and up to my uh, orders, I wouldn't have shot the ship down. I think that was a bit rash. I That was a fairly drastic step to take. There are other measures that could have worked, but I have a good idea of where that ship sank. We could, we could go there. That might be prudent. Make sure you're protecting yourselves. Seems like a large group of people are walking around the city sick. The boat's at the bottom of the river, the bay. We're going to have to get down there, and I'm not equipped to explore underwater. I can at least provide you each with a portion of water breathing, but I can't really help whether you're good or not in swimming. At least that'll keep you keep you breathing down there, but there, there's other obstacles as well. You know, we shot down in the middle of the river. It's going to be deep. It's going to be dark. It's going to be hard to find at the bottom, so you're going to need, need to be able to light that up. Even, even if you can see well in the dark, it's going to be murky down there. I'd have a lot more resources if we waited until tomorrow, at least. I've Definitely want to get what's polluting the water here out of it and make sure that we're checking on that. But I've uh, I've got some spells that I, I could probably prepare if I, I was planning for it. I can't just jump in the water uh, with the spells that I've set up for healing in case I needed. <laughs> Let's check the loot that we have, too, as well. Like, I'm, I'm trying to find our loot sheet. There might be some scrolls and potions that we have distributed that could be useful for this. I guess I just need, I need to know if I need to start re-preparing spells or if we're going tonight. I, I think I think it it makes sense to wait till you're prepared to go do that. It's you know hopefully a sunk ship's not really going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I wouldn't say it's like hell yeah let's go handle that in the dark of night. Like yeah go ahead mm-hmm. and and rest. Yeah the other follow up with the soldados as well. Like Ashani did promise like the next day for your help he's going to go over there and and use a use a actual like treat wounds an actual remove disease spell rather. Which should help her immensely. Yeah, sounds good. So we want to do that. Go to go back to the trail's end, sleep, reprepare, and to investigate the uh, the wreckage. It's it's only uh, two hundred meters away from the, uh, the the trail's end. Yeah, and I want that home cooked meal. Yeah, we're also supposed to help for like eight hours tomorrow too. Well, you think with with the spell that should remove the need to do that. Oh, okay. Should remove disease. Like remove disease removes the disease. It doesn't. Who's who's in your Ashani oh, is doing it because you oh, guys yeah, 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 yeah. escorted him. All right, so we want to head there now. Would sure you can. Would we have time for Sylvie to get runes transferred on her weapons, or is uh, that takes a full day? I'm gonna, I'm gonna say you certainly could have been doing that, like during the several days that you had training and stuff. Okay, just in your like spare time. So Perfect. consider whatever runes you guys had that you wanted transferred, transferred at this point because you had you know. Half Couple a week of downtime. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. So I don't know if, if Diego needs anything transferred either, but consider it transferred if it if it needed to be. So yeah, you, you head to the Soldado Ranch uh, probably before you take off to, to try and uh, deal with the ship, finding the ship. And it's actually like a nice sunny day today, which uh, you think will be to your favor searching for this ship at the bottom of the river. And Ashani 
meet you at the at the child's house. We had quite a productive meeting uh, with with Doctor Davilus and Cressida and um, a member of the Grey Maidens and um, several members of the other face. We were able to at least come up with protocols on where to send people as churches run out of spells and that kind of thing. And we figured out, you know, we shared notes. No one seemed to really have as detailed notes as uh, mine and Mir's were, I think because we're treating some of the first victims. None of the groups reported any deaths so far from the disease. So I'm optimistic, at least, that we're early in its cycle. He would cast a spell on Brienne. He's good. So he counteracts the disease and the little girl. You see the blotchiness kind of start to fade off of her and her breathing returns to normal. And uh, her mother is just like ecstatic that you guys were able to convince Shani to heal her for free. She even like hugs a Shani, like who, you know, is clearly like you can tell without a perception check is like feeling awkward about having to having to do this like in a roundabout way and not being able to just heal her, you know? He clearly almost feels like some sense of shame for having to like charge for this little girl. But it seems that, you know, he he would relay to you that he still has his spells for the day. So it seems that the loophole that you guys used worked. He doesn't have to like pray for the rest of the day to get his spells back. So at least there's that. You guys getting a little dingy heading out? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Okay. And a little boat. Find a little boat and head. You know, if I were just a little more athletic, I would have a swim speed while raging. Eh, alas. So what you're saying is you can swim better when you're mad? I I will be able to eventually. I haven't mastered it yet. How do you know that? I'm allowed to be meta sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> How do you know? That? I don't. All right. Yeah, we take this dinghy out over where the shipwreck is. Yup. And then when we jump off the dinghy, because we're going to do that, Mir's going to uh, do the war, uh, whatever, barding armor on Figgy. And, uh, the wave rider barding. Yup. And she's going to go with Figgy. Okay. The rest of you are swimming. Uh, you're... You know, you're you're diving down. I think you you drank your potions of water breathing at least, but you're in a river, so I'm gonna need those without a swim speed to make an athletics check. Do I need to make like an athletics check to hold on this figgy? No, I don't think so. He's like a sea dew. Yeah. <laughs> Did you happen to re-prepare any helpful spells, Haley? So the ones that were helpful are if anything happens, I have air bubble. Mine are not for swimming though. My mm. I don't have any spells to help swimming. I only have spells to help breathe underwater, because I also have water breathing the spell. First time using potentially the aquatic combat rules here, but you said athletics checks for swimming? Yep. Okay. Oh, oh this is going to be a tough one for me. I'm rolling at plus zeros. 12. Oh, 14. Six. Okay. The three of you uh, fail. So you all take you all just waste ten minutes of your water breathing as you are kind of swimming around, unable to keep steady in the current and unable to find the wreck. Uh, Mir, Figgy's got a swim speed, so I'm just going to ask for a perception check from you. Okay, that is thirty-one. Thirty-one. 
As you and Figgy dive down, you do see the shadow of this large ship that appears to have broken over a jutting outcropping of rock. I've activated the map, if you guys want to. So it takes your friends like 10 more minutes. You kind of come back up to the surface to find them. But then because you've figured out where it is, you're all able to swim down there. Okay. Across the bow, you see the ship's name. It's called the Direption. Okay. I would allow a um, a society check on that. That is a 24. Uh, you've heard of the Direption? It's a... It's a ship from Nadal. Oh. It's a merchant ship that comes from Nadal. And because you know that, you might be able to access records or something with, you know, with Cressida's help to, if, if you wanted to, like, look up more information about it. But you know that anything associated with this should be probably from Nadal, including the owner of the ship, which is interesting because it's not a local merchant ship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. By the way, uh, Mir did cast light uh, on, on uh, something on her body so that uh, Figgy can see on the Sure. Uh, you see that the front portion of the ship, which is what you're facing right now on the map, broke away and landed awkwardly here. It reveals two splintered decks inside. All right, do we want to swim around to one of the sides of the ship? To Absolutely. Let's go north. Come, Gaken. Let's swim forward. <laughs> Does Gaiken need to be mad to swim too? All right, so you guys approach a um, kind of a large outcropping of rock. It looks like you could maybe squeeze in to the uh, front portion of the ship between the rocks and where it lay, where it laid to rest. Uh, you're actually kind of like <laughs> the map is weird, but you're kind of like it's like a top down view of the side of the ship. So you're actually kind of vertical on a horizontal map. It's weird. Oh, this would be like as if the ship sunk and then sunk onto its side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Okay. Looks like there's an, an opening here or some. Yep. I'll see if I can uh, wedge this this opening open. Yeah, so uh, why don't you go ahead and make me a strength check, Chris? Strength? Mm-hmm. Or athletics, I apologize. Natural 20. Finally. Woo! <laughs> 30. Nice. Okay. Uh, we're going to use that 30 as your initiative. Oh, yeah. You open up this swollen shut door and into the hall, and you see a group of eels waiting for you on the other side. Eels end. I was just going to make a, like, let's together. bring them to their end <laughs> joke. Yep. The foreshadowing was incredible. Mm-hmm. So some perceptions. Uh, well, I'm going to let Diego keep that yeah. 30 for the yeah. athletics, but yeah, the rest of you perception. I, I'd, I'd allow an athletics if it's better than your perception because you are like swimming around. Uh, no thanks. Oh no. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll do that. All right. Looks like I'm not the only one with a natural twenty. That's correct. I got a thirty-two. Fourteen for Sylvie. Okay. And then Vec has a twelve. All right. This will be fun, guys. Yeah. Starting this encounter, we have Mir with the thirty-two. Mir is with Figgy here, and they, uh, like, they're, like, Figgy's, like, five feet from the door, and Mir's maybe ten feet. Uh, is there, are there different rules for underwater combat? Yes, there are. Would you like me to share them? Yep. 
Okay, so for aquatic combat, you are flat-footed, unless you have a swim speed. So Figgy is the only one that's not flat-footed. You gain resistance 5 to acid and fire. You take a minus 2 circumstance penalty to melee slashing or bludgeoning attacks that pass through water. Ranged attacks that deal bludgeoning or slashing damage automatically miss if the attacker or target is in underwater or is underwater, and piercing range attacks made by an underwater creature or against an underwater target have their range increments halved. You can't use fire spells or use actions with the fire trait underwater, and then uh, at my discretion, some ground-based actions might not work underwater or while floating, so like, it might be difficult to get like a scatter scree off if nothing's on the ground. Don't worry, I did not do that one. But I I think that's the that's the circumstance that it's talking about. Um, this won't affect you guys because you are not, uh, you're not, you, you know, you have, you have water breathing right now, but you could hold your breath for a number of rounds equal to five plus your constitution modifier, and then you'd reduce your remaining air by one uh, round at the end of each of your turns, or by two if you were attacked or cast a spell that turn. Hey. I don't think we are going to have to worry about the suffocation rules right now, unless these eels have, like, dispel magic. Hopefully not. You'd hope. You'd hope I would have come prepared with dispel magic eels, but... <laughs> or if the combat goes beyond 50 minutes worth of rounds. Yeah, yeah, that's a problem. I mean, We're yeah. in trouble. Would I just leave Figgy? I'm trying to understand, because I've been riding Figgy. <laughs> You've been riding Figgy? That's, that's true. It didn't say, uh, didn't say what it was to swim, right? Yeah, that's why, like, I'm not sure what I got to do to swim. I think you can roll an athletics check to move, move full speed. Would you consider this uh, calm water? I think in, you're in, in calm water now that you're, like, inside a ship. Okay. Usually you can succeed without needing to attempt a check normally, uh, just in calm water. So you could, you, with an action, I think you can move five feet plus five feet per 20 feet just with an action. That's 10 feet. Yes. I need to move 15. Okay, so you'd have to use two move actions to move that far. Or I guess try to roll for a crit success on a swim. So there is no way to ever move more than 10 feet. That's why I want to make sure I understand. I'm just looking at the swim action for that. Success is you move through the water five feet plus five feet per 20 feet of your land speed. 10 feet for most PCs. So when you're moving through swimming without a swim speed, you move 10 feet. Unless you roll a critical success on the swim check, which in this case in calm water is what? Uh... 10 feet plus 5 feet. So 15 feet. What's the DC for calm water? Uh, it doesn't give it. doesn't give it. It just gives like a trained expert. Untrained is lake or still water. I mean, I don't know what the DC is then. Is it like standard level DC? I don't know. Well, if it is, none of you that are untrained are going to be able to move. So if it's a simple DC, untrained is DC 10, trained is DC 15, expert DC 20. Okay, so it's DC 10. So if you want to move 15 feet, you have to roll against a DC 10. And if you get 20 or higher, then you can move 15 feet. Okay, so if I want to move at all, I have to roll. You can just move 10 feet because it's an auto success for calm water. You can try and roll. Even though it's a DC 10? Yes, it's an auto success for calm water. You can try and roll, and then that introduces the success and failure conditions. It's basically saying anyone can swim 10 feet through calm water. The DC is only there if you want to try and move 15 feet. And in any other type yeah. of water, you would roll it. You would roll and you would need to okay. to move at all. Well, since I would have to roll pretty well in order to critically succeed, and I can't do anything if I move twice, I'm going to 
use my cantrip Ray of Frost. And I'm going to target this one. But a 19. 19 hits. Okay. 10 points of cold damage to that eel. And then Mir will use her last action to command Figgy to swim up and attack. Okay. All right. And his swim speed is 30 feet, so we're fine. He's going to swim up and he's going to attack the same one that Mir hit. Okay. With the jaws. I did roll a natural 20. <gasps> okay. It's dead. Nice. Okay. Yay. <laughs> Diego. Diego is going to rage, swim upwards, and then try to, with his maul out, slowly swing into this <laughs> eel. All right. So minus two to this minus attack roll. Minus two on my attack roll. That's a 13. That's a miss. All right. That's my turn. Okay. Let's see. First eel is right next to Figgy, who just chopped through its buddy. I think it's going to go ahead and attack at Figgy. That's uh, going to miss. Yay! We'll attack one more time. Come at me. And we'll miss. And then missing twice, it's going to swim away. It's going to move right up into the group. The next eel, whose turn it is next is going to swim up to Figgy and attack twice. Do the eels have red blotches? We might be solving the mystery right now. <laughs> Those blotchy eels. Uh, how is a 22? 22 on Figgy will hit. Okay. I do want to point out, this is a feverish eel. The <gasps> founding system has called it that. So I think, mm. I think th th that answers it for us. <laughs> and now it's in the water supply. So that's eight points of piercing damage. And then... It's going to attack with its tail, and it's going to miss. Sylvie. There is an eel that is right in front of both Sylvie and Mir. Sylvie is going to attempt a few checks here, trying to tumble through, which you can do underwater, but she will have to attempt to get a critical success to go 15 feet. So I guess a check to swim and then a check to... Yeah, because if you don't if you don't crit succeed the swim, then you're not going to be able to tumble. Yep. Through. So then I she'd just probably stay where she's at. That is a twenty eight. Okay, you need a twenty, so you're nice. good. So now you can roll the tumble through. Alrighty. Underwater summer action. Yes. Yeah. Oh, not quite as good. That is an eighteen. Uh, that still beats my reflex DC. Sweet. Ooh, nice. All right, Sylvie kicks off of the wall of the ship and curves her body around this eel and she ends up um, in the doorway uh, now uh, on the other side of the eel from Mir. All right, and then uh, she's been using her hands to swim this whole time, but she does have her gloves of storing on. So she uh, presses on the top of one of those and you see in her hand appears her kukri. Is kukri versatile piercing? It is not, it is slashing. Okay. So minus two to this attack yes. roll. And you know what? Why not use a finisher on this? Just saying, if a foe showed up with lightning bolts, all eight combatants are in a, a row. Biggie, Diego, Sylvie, Eel, Mir, Vec, Gakin, all in a row. Yep. Uh, so I believe Sylvie, is, or uh, this creature is flat-footed to Sylvie since she tumbled through and... 
with that minus two, that's only an 18. 18 still hits. Yeah. Yes. All right. All right. This kukri is a little bit better than when she used it before. That is 19 points of slashing damage, including the precision damage from her finisher. Pretty dead eel. Yes. Nice. You got one action. Yeah. Why doesn't Sylvie swim and get out of the line? So she swims. Damn, you got away from my invisible caster. (laughs) She swims up and, well, I guess she can go 10 feet. So she'll uh, come up right next to Figgy and be right up next to that eel. Sounds good. Vec. All right, cool. Vec leans around the several combatants in between him and the eel and tries to intimidate and glare this foe. It's going to be a 25. 25 is, I believe, going to do it. All right. Ah, it critically does it. It's frightened, too. Ooh, sweet. Mm. If that's the case, then I know electric eels are a thing, so there's a chance. Are we? I guess we haven't seen it do anything electric, but it might just be able to negate all this electricity. But, you know, Vex got a terrible nature check. He probably doesn't even know that, and he's going to cast electric arc at it. That feels dumb, but okay. (laughs) I mean, I read the same underwater rules that you did, and there's no reason that electricity wouldn't work on a foe that's not... On a foe that's called an electric eel? Yeah, but we don't know it's called an electric eel, Haley. How dare you? You know it's feverish electric How dare you? How how does any of us know? No one rolled a check. Okay, so sorry. This is not electricity damage to anyone. (laughs) That's only a 13, so... Okay, a 13 would be a failure, if it matters. And that would be nine points of damage. And now, do we see the electricity go through? Looks like it. Oh, real dumbass move of mine, Haley. <laughs> Vec, you didn't think all that went through. All right. Hey, everybody, I got news. They're electric heels. <laughs> the electricity did work, but not very well. Dear God. Uh, Yeah, so... That's what I expected. <laughs> but is that what is you it? expected? No, because yes. she didn't roll a check. Yeah, you gotta roll Dude, a nature check. I've got like a solid plus 10 to nature. I think I know what an eel does. That you didn't roll. Sorry. <laughs> hey, Mir, it is your turn if you want to spend an action rolling a nature check. No, I don't give a shit. You're obligated to roll a nature check. <laughs> How's a 15? For what? To hit. It doesn't hit. Okay, yeah, I didn't think so. I rolled pretty bad. Oh, wait, no. This is the Frightened 2 one. Yeah, it is. It does hit. Okay, Ooh. perfect. Oh, wait. Uh, what are you what are you doing? Because you got two guys in front of you. So actually, it doesn't hit with cover. A ray of frost. Yeah. Okay, that's fine. Cool. And then uh, going to command Figgy to bite, bite slash. Okay. Well, I guess bite, bite would probably be better. Yeah, because the bite, slashing bite. one will take a minus two. That was a terrible roll. What did it turn out to be? 13. Uh, it just misses. The next one's a natural 20. Ooh. For 24. Okay. 34 points of piercing. That's a dead eel. I'd like to use my reaction. Oh, yeah? As the eel dies, Diego murmurs to himself, not only is this the eel's end of the ship, but this was the eel's end. (laughs) (laughs) Profound. What, What action was that reaction? It was, it was just a, a verbal reaction. Okay, all right. So now I just don't have my reaction. Uh, why, why don't you guys give me uh, 
Give me some perception now that you're in this part of the ship. Mm. Absolutely. 20. 31. <laughs> uh, lower than that. That's going to be 24. 25. Okay. Uh, all of you notice checking out this area that it is markedly lacking supplies and goods. Okay. Yeah. And dead bodies? There are no bodies. The eels made quick okay. work of those. That's confusing. No bodies. Confu- it's it's a-, a fake ship. It was all a ploy. It was a decoy. Well, this is supposed to be a merchant ship, and that means they would be shipping dead air. Why would they do that? This is one room of many, though. Yeah. If you you should load up your ship and not just move in empty space on a cargo ship. They should have stuff in this ship, yeah. and they clearly don't. Mm. And there's no bodies. They had to have had workers for the ship. Where have the eels smuggled the goods? All right. Well, <laughs> let's keep exploring. Oh, boy. A similar site is on the opposite side of the ship. Allow me. You're going to give me a uh, athletics check? You bet I am. 28. You managed to open the waterlogged door, and again, it's a relatively empty room. This was all a ploy by the crown. What if there was something on the ship that got taken off? Uh, we should look for evidence of that, because it does make sense why the... But the body. Why the Grey Maidens would shoot down an empty ship, just because, like, are, was it truly a quarantine situation here? I don't think it was. I think I think this is all a ploy. But then why would they do it at night? To uh, spread rumor, maybe. Mm. If it was during the day, maybe they would assume people might look and like watch or pro- and like go and investigate, could possibly hear or not hear the people on board. Versus if it's at night, it's like, oh, rumor has that there was a a ship with one, with a yellow light on it, and now it's sunk. Okay, so to to reach the other part of the ship, you kind of got to go around this rocky outcropping. Yeah. Um, it's it's broken in a similar way as the um, as the other half, but it's like directly up against the rocks. Okay. However, looking around, you do see like <laughs> again, this is on the side. Yeah. So you see like hatches down. It looks like it looks like they'd be like uh, trapdoor kind of thing. I'll give uh, Diego some space. This time, I'm going to use a crowbar to get a plus one on the check that I haven't been doing. I've been using my raw maul. <laughs> the crowbar seems to have malfunctioned with a 15. Yeah, you're, you're not able to pry that open. Okay. Do we need to go pry the other door open for a minute? <laughs> yes. P- perhaps we should. I mean, I could also try to pry the door open. That makes more sense than trying again. Sylvie, no, sure. the door is far too stuck. Oh, actually. Not even my strength in a crowbar. I assumed it was a pride thing. Sylvie has the lifting belt. So you can lift an object of eight, up to eight bulk as though it was weightless. This requires two hands. And you'll be able to, you'll, you should be able to wield this crowbar then. It should be within that, that weight range. Pretty light bulk. Here, take this. Uh, so if she can do that, she'll sheath her kukri and just try to lift the door with uh, two action. Lift the hatch. Sure. You open the hatch. You see murky water flowing through this debris-cluttered hold. Uh, loose timbers, small fish, and dozens of identical boxes float eerily in the quiet darkness. Can we open a box? Sure. Yeah, let's search around. Let's search these supplies. All right, Mira opens a box. Just be doing a little searching. 
You open a box. It appears to be a decoy, much like some of the other stuff. Empty box. Yep. That's what I thought. This was all set up by the crown. She's working with the necromancer for sure. At first, I thought maybe she was trying to hide all this to protect her power. I'm now thinking that she's trying to incite panic to then use her power to better control the citizens. Well, that, I mean, yeah, that's 100% mm-hmm. what's happening with like the the guard, not not the guard, the, the queen's guard, your uh, great maiden folk, like taking a much more active role in um, in controlling the population, bringing in all of these advisors from Cheliax. We know she has connections to Cheliax and Corvosa was once upon a time a Chelish colony and no longer is. And she does not like Corvosa, but does like Cheliax. So this is a N- N- Nidali's ship. Mm-hmm. She sinks this ship away from evidence. And then when, because this is all starting, she can blame Nadal for sending the plague here. Start a war. And whatever mm-hmm. benefit that might gain her, she gets, she can reap the, the, the chaos of that happening. So maybe, yeah, this is a, a decoy false flag ship. Oh my goodness. All right. Well, Sylvie's got her lifting belt, so I guess you want to open this next yes. hatch. Yeah, let me double check. There's no like cooldown period. I think there is a cooldown period on that. Oh. <laughs> Working theory until we learn more. It just says the effect lasts until the end of your next turn. So I think she could interact and use two actions to do it again. Okay. You open up uh, this hatch and you see a staircase that goes down and down again and two two doors that lead deeper into the ship. Diego floats down the staircase like the like astronauts on the space station, just like (laughs) taking (laughs) taking some rungs and flinging himself uh, a couple feet forward here. (laughs) Do we see of anything? Anything of note? Uh, just more crates. If you wanted to, if you wanted to check those crates yeah, out, check you'd them. you'd uh, you'd get the same result. Mm. Okay. Third decoy. What? Uh, well, there's two doors going into other segments of the ship. I guess some more hatches. I don't know doors, hatches, something. Where do we want to go? Up or down? Breach. Same time. <laughs> no, I don't know if we want to do that. Yeah, probably not. It's probably a good call. That makes me feel like we shouldn't do it. It's probably a good call. So I'm saying. So, north or south door? North. All right, Chris. Are you opening it? No, I can't. I'm too feeble. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Does this one, can she lift it with the eight bulk? No, it's not like a hatch. It's actually a door now. So, uh, you're going to want to... Force open. Well, uh, take a look at the door. Oh, okay. Oh, let's see. 20. 13. 9. Plus 12, by the way. 21. Yeah, Vec and Diego, you can see that this one doesn't seem as swollen. Looks like it's been used. Oh. Oh. Or it's been used enough that it hasn't been allowed to, like, swell into its frame. Oh, okay. Hmm. Interesting. Be at the ready. Uh, So Sylvie will take out her kukri in one hand and then... I guess just try to open the door, see if it's not locked. It opens. <gasps> what are those? Oh, no. Inside, you see this fierce looking shark among a sea of chum and like half eels and stuff. And at the back, you see a hag. 
And she points a gnarled finger at you, Sylvie. And you can hear her through this water clear as day. One of the daughters of the call. Nice of you to join me, my pretty. I'm surprised you can breathe down here. Where is your mother? I am not joining you. What is this that you are doing here? <laughs> well, I quite like this swanky ship. Oh, what a lovely place. It's free real estate. <laughs> what a lovely home for Skinshear and I. So much food and so much treasure. Oh, but if you're not here to join me, then you're here to die. And I think we'll continue the curse campaign next time. Oh, oh boy. The Bestow Curse Podcast is a Hideous Laughter Productions show. Hideous Laughter Productions is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Curse of the Crimson Throne is copyright 2016. Curse of the Crimson Throne and the Pathfinder Adventure Path are trademarks of Paizo. Paizo, Pathfinder, their respective logos, and all Paizo titles, characters, and artwork are properties of Paizo Incorporated and used with permission.